Russia are promoted. They have their storybook ending. Howdy, y'all, and welcome to the Wrexham Texan. My name is Jake Green. Thank y'all so much for tuning into my brand new podcast about Wrexham AFC, and welcome to Wrexham on FX. I really do appreciate you tuning into this. I know there are about 20 other podcasts about Wrexham AFC that you could be listening to right now because I listen to a bunch of them. I mean, Rob Ryan Red is fantastic, Fearless in Devotion, um, the Summary ones uh, that recount the games. What else? Oh, Wrexham for Wankers. Obviously, I watched that one since I am, in fact, a wanker. So, yeah, it really means a lot that you decided to tune in and listen to my show. As the title of the show suggests, I'm a proud Texan from Dallas, Texas. I travel quite a bit, uh, and whenever I'm traveling the world, um, I don't... <laughs> ever tell people I'm an American, I always say I'm a Texan. That seems to get a much better reaction. I don't know, all the most frustrating people that I've met around the world are almost always American. And so I generally try to identify myself as a Texan, just to separate myself just a little bit. I mean, Texas was its own country for a little while, so it's not too far from the truth to say I'm a Texan more than I'm an American. And just to dispel any thoughts you might have, no, I did not ride a horse to school growing up. We got that question a lot traveling abroad, which is bizarre. Um, I do not wear cowboy boots and I don't wear cowboy hats. Though I'm not particularly opposed to that, I've just never found cowboy boots to be comfortable. And cowboy hats, my head isn't, uh, I don't know, it just doesn't seem like the right shape for a cowboy hat. I look really bizarre in a hat, in a cowboy hat. Um, like I said, I do travel quite a bit, uh, so really I only have two or three folks to talk to about Wrexham AFC and welcome to Wrexham. One of those is my brother, but he's a West Ham fan, and so he, while he does watch almost every sport on earth and almost every game of every sport on earth, uh, in the end he's still a, Wrexham, or a, a West Ham fan more than a Wrexham fan, so I, I know a lot more than he does, and um, he'd prefer to talk West Ham. And until we get up and are playing them in the same league, uh, I don't care to talk West Ham all the time. The other one is my wife, who is really getting into Wrexham, and she watches most of the games with me, and she enjoys it. She screams at the TV just like I do, gets super excited, so <laughs> um, that's been really fun to, to share that with her. But yeah, since I am, since I do travel quite a bit and since I'm moving, uh, me and my wife are moving to the middle of nowhere, Montana, uh, literally off grid in the mountains. Uh, I thought this would be a great way to get my Wrexham fever tempered so that I don't explode with thoughts and feelings about the team that I've kept to myself over, you know, the past year at least and into the future. Yeah, so a little bit about me. I am a lifelong sports fan. We grew up going to all sorts of sporting events, playing sports. I played all the sports growing up. My mom played pro basketball. My granddad was drafted by the Green Bay Packers. Um, in fact, me and my brother were the first two people 
the first generation of our family uh, to not play college or pro sports. So got that feather in our cap. It's wonderful. <laughs> um, the team that I grew up watching the most was the Texas A&M Aggies. And I think this is where my kinship with Wrexham comes into play. Um, Texas A&M football, uh, American football, mind you. Texas A&M has not won a championship or even been to the playoffs since 1939. So we're approaching 90 years without making it to the playoffs. So, you know, seeing the documentary series about Wrexham, that really, it really struck a chord with me. I, I understand your pain, maybe not in the exact same way, but I understand the pain of being a lifelong Wrexham fan because Texas A&M is just a constant disappointment. We will look like we're going to do so well. We'll be projected to do so well in the polls and everything. And then we just find every last way to blow it. And it's the most upsetting and the most frustrating experience to, if you don't know how American college football works, um, basically you play 11 to 12 games in a season, and then there's a four-team playoff. And what we'll do each year is we'll win our first seven or eight games, and everybody's feeling like we're going to get to the playoffs, everybody's feeling really good about life, and then we'll just lose four in a row, not make the playoffs, and everybody hates life. So um, it's a super frustrating experience to be a Texas A&M Aggie, but when you're born with it, um, there's not much you can do. And so, yeah, haven't won a championship since 1939. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> I am a filmmaker. I primarily make documentaries, but I've been producing podcasts for the last year. And I'm getting into more narrative film in the near future, but um, haven't quite reached there yet. I've made a few short films, but no features um, at the moment. Um, you can check out all my stuff on my company's website, peacelessproductions.com, as well as some other stuff that I'll be hosting on that website soon. Some other people's content, other people's podcasts, shows, movies, that kind of thing. So being a filmmaker, I thought that would be, I thought that would bring an interesting perspective to the whole Wrexham experience and the Wrexham fandom and um, everything Wrexham in that I'll be analyzing and commenting on this, the series Welcome to Wrexham, um, as well as the team. I think I'm in a good position to be able to offer some good insights and thoughts on that whole series because that series is phenomenal. Um, I have been searching and searching and searching for almost three decades now for an English football league team or, or just an international team in general, because let's face it, the MLS is not that interesting. I know Messi just got here, but um, I've never been entertained by MLS football. Um, it's, I don't know, something about it just doesn't strike a chord with me. And I much prefer watching South American football, um, you know, Western Europe football. And so, yeah, it just, it was never, it's never in the cards for me to be a diehard, uh, you know, Atlanta United fan um, or Dallas. I don't see, I don't even know the name of the Dallas team anymore. It used to be the Dallas burn. I don't know who it is anymore. Oh, well. <laughs> 
So instead of picking an MLS team, what I would do is I'd find, I follow the U.S. religiously. I follow the U.S. national team religiously. And so I would have favorite players. So I would have, you know, my favorite player for a while was Tim Howard, mostly because he's bald and has a beard, very similar to me. Um, (laughs) But I would follow him in his career at Everton and so on. And I would love watching those games and watching him until he would leave. And then I really wouldn't care that much about Everton anymore. And, you know, this would go on and on with different players over time. And there was never a team that stuck. And I think the thing that was always missing for me was that soul of the team, the soul of the town. Like the thing with the Texas A&M Aggies is we would go to those games when I was little, um, all growing up. And you, you, get to know that team you get to know the environment you get to know the stadium Um, and if you don't know texas a&m is known for every single fan in the stands stands on their feet the in the stadium stands on their feet the entire game we scream a lot we have a lot of yells um, similar to the chants that y'all have uh over in in the uk Um, very similar in fact and you know, when you're in that type of environment all growing up, you you just learn to love it and it's just gets under your skin and you can't get it out. Like as much as I would love to be a fan of another college football team that actually wins, um, there's just no no chance on earth that I could possibly do that. Um, and so I got to stick with my Texas A&M Aggies and watching a documentary series, which obviously I love documentaries. Um, watching that documentary series, and I know this is the story for a ton of new Wrexham fans, but watching that series really hit home, really made me love everyone in that town, everyone in your town, if you are from Wrexham listening to this, um, everyone on the team, um, coaches, staff, just everyone involved. Um, I always loved... Rob McElhenney on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Fantastic show. I remember um, in high school or just after high school, like sleeping on the floor of my crappy apartment and watching It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia Philadelphia on a tiny little four by three old school block TV um, just because it was so stinking funny. Ryan Reynolds, I mean... Dude's hysterical. I don't need to go on and on about Robin Ryan. But the docuseries just made me fall in love with everything Wrexham. It was so easy for me to be like, yes, that is my team. That is the team that I've been waiting for for dang near 30 years to come along and force me to love them. And it it was just a wonderful time. I loved every episode of the documentary series. Well, actually, I'm going to take that back. I loved 17 of the 18 episodes um, of the documentary series, and we'll get into that later. I'll tell you my plans for this podcast. And now I just can't stop loving Wrexham. Um, I watched every single game that I possibly could last season. Uh, I would watch in the middle of nowhere Mississippi. I'd watch up here in Montana. I'd watch you know, on a plane if I could get internet. Just everywhere I could possibly go, if there was a Wrexham game, I was watching it and keeping up with the players and, you know, tuning into Twitter. So, yeah, it's just 
it's something that stuck almost immediately, and I look forward to it every single time they play. And, you know, that's what I think makes this a unique podcast, at least a unique Wrexham podcast. I'm a massive, lifelong sports fan and a documentary filmmaker, both of which led me to fall in love with Wrexham. My wardrobe has grown... My wardrobe has grown substantially. My mental state is like a cardiograph, and my wife likely gets annoyed with it. But it's all worth it to get that victory and continue climbing up the EFL. Um, my plans for this podcast, short term, I'm going to be, you're going to be getting these episodes very quickly. Um, my plan, I would love to be able to put out a review of each individual episode of the first season of Welcome to Wrexham before the second season comes out. Um, so I've got about, what is it, four weeks, five weeks to make that happen, um, to put out at least 18 episodes, plus the episodes about the games, about the matches that, that take place in between now and then. There's going to be a lot of episodes coming your way, so I hope you can handle an onslaught of podcast content over the coming five weeks. It's going to be exhausting for me. I'm sure it's going to be annoying and exhausting for you. But hey, some of my favorite podcasts come out every single day and I never get tired of them. So um, I'm hoping the same will happen for you. Again, thanks so much for listening to this show. I hope you stick around. Uh, I'm very open to having guests on the show on a regular basis. So if you're one of those people, feel free to reach out. You can contact me through my website or just email me director at peacefulcproductions.com. You can also tweet at me, follow me on Instagram, Rexum Texan. It's WXM. I had to use the abbreviation because shockingly, somebody else in Texas claimed Rexum Texan as their handle on both platforms. So WXM Texan. Um, on both Twitter and Instagram. All right, let's talk about the first game in League Two versus MK Dons. It was... Mm, man, I had so much anticipation for this. I am up here in Montana by myself, and I was jumping around in my van before... Um, yes, I'm living in a van at the moment. Uh, jumping around in my van... Uh, before the before the game started, just trying to get some energy out, trying to prepare myself for what I just knew was going to be a victory. I had dreamt last night that we had scored five goals. And in the end, uh, it definitely seems that um, I had a premonition. I just had a premonition of the wrong team. And it was very unfortunate. That own goal to start it off really took the wind out of my sails. But, and it, it seemed to do the same for just a few minutes at the race course ground. Because it did feel like, especially after um, Mendy scored that goal in the 42nd minute, it felt like we got new life. That Mendy goal was great. I thought the first half was just utterly disastrous. I thought our defense was very much lacking. Um, we just seemed full of holes. Mind you, when I'm dissecting these games, I am not a soccer expert. This will be one of the very few times that I say this. I'm just not a soccer expert. Um, I'm, just, I'm not going to repeat this over and over and over again. Soccer is not my primary sport. I stopped playing soccer in ninth or 10th grade 
um, after we made it to the playoffs and for our high school team. I quit then. I've been watching soccer ever since, so I know, you know, I know the basic rules and I know how it's played and I know what's good and what's bad, but I don't know every little thing. I don't know all the strategies. I don't know exactly where people should be at all times. I know a little bit about the formations and, and how how everything's supposed to work in certain formations and certain rosters and certain lineups, but I don't know everything. You know, a lot of my knowledge I get from playing FIFA religiously. It's basically the only game that I play on my Nintendo Switch. Um, and so I am not, when I dissect these games, it's not going to be from the point of view of somebody who's an expert at soccer. It's going to be from somebody who loves sports, loves watching sports, and knows enough about the game to get by. But MK Dons, you know, it's a whole new set of, of teams from last year. I mean, we still got Knotts County, who also got trashed today, 5-1, or 5-1, 5-1. Um, so that was, you know, at least they were embarrassed more than we were. It's kind of a <laughs> welcome to League Two, um, shut up, sit down, and wait in line kind of situation. But the fact that MK Dons scored two stinking goals in 10 minutes was devastating emotionally for for me and I'm sure for a lot of you out there. That Jacob Mendy goal, I love watching Mendy play. He really gets after it. That dude is quick and fast. His goal was fantastic, but the you know, in the second half they just took off once again, basically scoring two more in what was it? Uh one was 51st minute. One was I should have these pulled up. One was 64th minute, I believe. Um, same guy. Who was it? I can't remember. And let's see. So in the first 20 minutes of the second half, they went up four freaking one. It's, uh, I mean, I know we've come back from that before, but that is so rare that that's going to happen. So at that point, you're just thinking, let's just score one or two more goals and not let them score again. Sadly enough, they scored in injury time, which was extremely frustrating. It was a horrendous defensive debacle. Um, I, I couldn't believe that they scored again. But prior to that, one of my favorite things about this game was seeing Jordan Davis. Man, that guy played so well in the few minutes he got to play this game. I thought he looked absolutely fantastic. I was very thrilled to see him out there. Uh, he he really hit the highlight reel hard and really pushed to try to even the score. Um, he was he was going hundred percent right out the gate, and it was wonderful to see him out there on the field, on the pitch. Also, I'm going to be using American terms quite a bit, and I'll try to correct myself, but that's not always going to be the case. When I say field, I mean pitch. There it is. Yeah, seeing seeing Jordan Davis out on the out on the <laughs> I almost did it again. <laughs> seeing Jordan Davis out on the pitch just made my heart happy. I love watching that guy play. And then you know we capped it off with a goal in the ninety sixth minute by Anthony Ford, um, which you know whatever is what it is. You know I guess it's better than being five two, so five three. It was just a very Unfortunate match one um, after 
all the hoopla this past summer, all the exhibition games, all the fun we had at the end of last season getting promoted. And it was just a very disappointing, I think probably a grounding moment for for the Wrexham team. I think it was probably it's probably a good thing that this happened. Um, I think it'll force the players to put it in perspective and to yeah, seriously ground ground them and ground the fans and understand that we're once again in the fight to get promoted. Like not not much has changed other than the fact that we are in the EFL now and you know the team makes a little more money, has a little more prestige, gets a little more recognition around the world, but we're still in the fight to get promoted. Until we're in that Premier League, I just don't think we're going to be satisfied. And so I just think understanding that it's going to be a grind every single season until we get up there. And then when we get up there, maintaining might actually be harder than striving to get promoted. So let's, you just got to enjoy the ride. Like you, <laughs> uh, this today was brutal, but hey, we got another one coming up. And I know on, uh, what is it, Tuesday? Let's see. Uh, two days. Yeah. Tuesday. Is that? Yeah. Freaking A. Tuesday, we play in the Carabao Cup. So that'll be fun against Wigan Athletic. Um, so yeah, you just got to bite the bullet on this one. Let it go. It was a brutal game. Ben Foster got no help in goal. I think there was maybe only one, maybe only one goal that he could have saved. The rest were horrendously bad defense. Um, that I'm sure Parky is not happy about. That's all I've got for this one. I know this one is going to be a longer one. I just wanted to tell y'all, you know, where I'm coming from, why I started this podcast, what I plan to do with it, um, and why you should even consider listening to more episodes. So I'll try to be a little more brief. I'm trying to keep these in between 20 and 30 minutes, maybe down to 15 minutes at times. Um, but when it's a documentary episode, it'll probably be closer to 30. When it's a game, it might be closer to 15. And who knows? It, it might just go longer. I don't know. If I have a guest on, maybe we just want to talk about awesome wrecks and things for an hour and a half. Um, there's really no set time limit to, to this podcast. But generally speaking, I know that listening to my voice for more than 30 minutes can cause basically anybody to go insane. Um, so small doses is probably better when listening to me. That's it for now, y'all. Thank y'all so much. I am the Wrexham Texan, and I really look forward to spending this season talking with y'all, spitting out whatever insane things and dumb things come into my head about the team and the series. I hope y'all keep tuning in, and I'll have more episodes out in the coming days. That'll do it. Up the town. My soul, all your hearts, you're gonna see it. You're gonna see it. And if you knock my soul, or with all your strength, you're gonna find it. You're gonna find it.